Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. All right, gentlemen, so we're convened here on the lovely battery day with Joel Sapp as a special uh, wait, wait, in, in the president's guest. Here? The president has joined us. Da, 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 that's correct. The president maybe he doesn't the- like to be referred to the president anymore after the last few years. Uh, <laughs> we're hoping for a little turnaround. But, uh, yes, unfortunately, yeah. Joel is the president of the Talking Text uh, Black Caucus, but we would all <laughs> like him to actually run for president. Please, God, please, Joel, really, please. Any- well, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but honestly, anyone, anyone it's else, right. Joel. Anyone, I would pretty much would vote be- for a tin of spaghetti at this point. <laughs> yeah, so, this, yeah, pen, <laughs> this pen would be pretty awesome. Anywho, so it's battery day, a day we've been waiting for for a very, very long time. And I'm just curious... First question out of the box for all of you, but we'll go with Joel because he's the guest. What's the one word impression so far? One word? Ooh. Iterative. <laughs> um, but I would say probably iterative improvements. Um, I, I was actually surprised, um, e- even though I, I think I, I, I thought that there would be probably like a 20% sort of improvement in battery prices and, and processes. Uh, they went deep in, one, in a completely different area than I thought they were going to go deep in. So, like, I, I was left like, okay, wanna, tell me the, you know, how much they're going to, how much less you're spending, like, how long it's going to take, how fast the cars are going to charge with the new tablets technology. And they went almost completely different direction, um, but in a lot of ways it was still pretty good, pretty good. And um, I think it's going to be one of those things when you, when you look at the uh, headlines tomorrow, they won't have a really good way to describe what they saw. And, um, and we'll have to talk to um, Alexa about stock prices on another, at another point in time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm challenged by that as well, what, what the headlines are going to be. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what they're going to be. RS Technica is going to say they screwed everything up and the stock price is going to crash. And uh, Tesla Rati is going to tell you all these great things. And, you know, it's like yeah. most of the news. If you ask me, Tom, if you ask me my one word, I'm <laughs> going to use the word overhyped. Okay. So that's, problem- that's, kind of, that's kind of close to my word, but go ahead. That's good. Robert, what do you got? Well, I like that they went deep. I like that they mm-hmm. went deep and into the details. I mean, uh, one of the reasons I was excited that Joel was going to be here is that, uh, you know, he's up on his cathodes and anodes. And I don't think you guys have much going on your cathodes or anodes. <laughs> what does that mean? And by you don't think, you know damn well I have no idea what a cathode and anode is. And that's fine. So my word is two words as well. It's overwhelmingly underwhelmed. 
because my thing was I was overwhelmed by their roadmap and underwhelmed by like whether or not they can actually deliver in any sort of real time frame that they're saying, right? Because it's it's one of these things like like they have all these amazing technology, like the film of the of the powder turning the powder directly into film, but like that's really hard. So if that fails, does all of what they just talked about today not work along with it, right? At at, at the scale that they want to do it. So for me, I was overwhelmed by the information and underwhelmed by where they really are in in or or what they were willing to share about like how close they are. Go ahead, Joel. Did you catch though that they're on like version six of what they're working on? I did, but again, the question is, are they are their numbers based on where they theoretically think they're going to get or someplace where they already are right now? It's where they're going to get. So let's summarize for a second here because we've already jumped the shark a little bit here. So I'll give you three give you three numbers. So they went through a whole bunch of new technologies about the battery themselves, how they're going to create the battery, how they're going to improve the factories, how they're going to source the materials. And the three numbers, and I have to move over here because I'm old, uh, range increase, and this is about a one to three year time period that they're talking about, yeah. 54% uh, range increase for the same density, I mean for the same weight, reduction in cost, 56%. And then reduction in the factory to make these things 70%, 69% per gigawatt hour. So here's what they're talking about. They're talking about much more dense batteries that cost 50% less to create once they do all the things that they're going to do, which they say they are one to three years away from getting to scale. They're already making some of them. Um, they're doing it at the new Fremont factory, but to get to scale to really make lots of these batteries that they can use them in cyber trucks and stuff like that as long as three years away. So that is sort of the summary point. Continue to a discussion. I'll get back to my whiskey. Yeah, I think that one to three years is actually for them to be able to start producing battery packs, but then they have to produce a hell of a lot of battery packs with a lot of batteries. And so the question is, how much of this tech are they going to be installing in places like Berlin and Shanghai now versus continuing to source batteries from the three makers that they get their batteries from? And the flip side to that is that this means Tesla, unless they license this, this technology out, is planning to make their own batteries, which fits with Elon's global plan of vertical integration. But they, he, they actually talked about that. They said they are going to make their own batteries and they're going to try and get to three terabyte, three terawatt hours a year. Um, and they still won't have enough. They're still going to be buying from Catlin and all these other places in addition to that. So this is all in addition. And I think that was also to speak to their battery makers who are doing it right now. Don't worry. We're still going to buy everything you can make us, but we need to make our own. We're going to use a different form factor. So uh, let's talk about, Joel, can you tell us, um, about the form factor. So we have the 18650s and then they had the 2170s and they said they got like a 15% increase in density just by changing the shape of that battery. What does that mean? So it, it was 80 tall, 80 millimeters tall. And then what was the width? Was it 54? There were so many numbers that were drawn 48, out. Or was it 40? 48, I believe. Uh, 46, 46, 46, 80, 80 they're calling it. 80. 46, 80. So 46, that 80. is just a massive 
massive battery. Um, they're, I think it's um, something like six times the the energy and yeah, five, five times the power. Right. Or no, or, five, or the other six way. times power, five times the energy, and they. So the things that I was, the things that I were disappointed about was sort of connecting the dots for folks, and I think this is where Elon, you know, wants to um, keep his powder dry a little bit. Um, in terms of increased charging speed and things like that. These batteries look to be able to get to well over over 700 uh, kilowatt charging and probably much more. Um, I'm not sure if you guys heard about the, um, there was a, a report that Rob Maurer did on Tesla Daily looking at peak amperage and peak voltage and came out with, at least, uh, or right around 800 kilowatts that potentially each charging, each supercharger could do. But even still, that's not even close to six times what a like a Model 3 can do right now. So, so can you back up a bit, Joel? Yeah. Are you saying just from the shape, the size of that battery, that's how you can get the charging more, or is there something else? Um, well, it's also the Tabulus um, electrode. Okay. Um, and I think that's one of the... What, yeah, the picture that are we actually on video or are we just going to be? Um, no, we're just doing audio. audio. We okay. just do video so we can look All at right. each other and laugh at each so, other. From what I understood and from sort of the analysis going around this all, instead of the the current and the power um, going the length of the battery to get to the end of the tab. So uh, Drew was talking about uh, about a meter long in terms of the roll of the of the cell. And so if, if, if a charge is happening at the very end of the cell, then it has to go almost an entire meter before it exits the cell. And there's a lot of resistance there. And that resistance, that electrical resistance, causes heat, and then you need to cool that. The uh, tabless electrode, essentially, instead, instead of going the length, the, that meter length, it just goes that height, that new 80 millimeter height. So on average, that's 40, and that's significantly less resistance that you're going to see in the cell and um, they're, they're, they're seeing that they can increase the cell size so much larger and not have to worry about cooling as much. And so I think that's one of the most um, interesting things about this um, and we'll have to see more. But if that, so, so where did you, in your opinion, the way that they were explaining that and the way that they talked about their roadmap, like, did it feel like they already nailed that, like, they were going to be able to make that work at scale and 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 that's the key to this whole to the rest of battery day i think that's part of it like have you ever seen when like sandy monroe unrolled one of the tesla cells it went forever but the thing is the whole long cell only has a tab in the center of it so in other words if you unrolled the whole thing like i'm showing these guys a ruler there's one tab that sits out the middle of the going going up and one going down. So if you have energy out here, it's got to travel all the way down that roll to get out the cell, which is resistance and heat. And the picture I just sent you guys of this circular thing is looking down on the cell. So this is a t-shirt I want. I've got to figure <laughs> out who can make this t-shirt for me. This this shows tabs all along, so the entire length of the roll has tabs coming out, and when they roll it up, they just smoosh all the tabs down 
So the whole end of the battery is connected to all of the jelly roll. Every yeah. bit of the jelly roll has a connection instead of just one tab. And that also lets them build it faster because before they'd have to start rolling the jelly roll and stop where the tab is and do right. something so they didn't break the tab and then continue to roll the jelly roll. And but, now they don't have to do that. I mean, when they moved to the 2170, that was just from chemistry. They were able to make it bigger and still keep it relatively cool without it overheating. Now going to this larger size, this, you know, pretty much humongous size, um, and they're able to get increased power. I don't know, Mel, um, if you remember the uh, Cybertruck um, reveal, one of the things that uh, Elon didn't reveal was the charging speed. But he did say, oh, we're going to talk to you later about that. And this right. is the connection between that. But like you, I was disappointed because... Um, so now, thank you for that. I think I understand that actually much better now. But what I was disappointed was the same thing as you, Joel. I'm like, tell me how fast it's going to charge. <laughs> and uh, tell me how long it, you know, how long my Y is going to go two years from now. I wanted some of that. And tell me that the V3 is going to have enough juice to charge this thing at four times the speed. He had made comments in the uh, just in the last few weeks that um, 350 kilowatts is child's play again. He said that a few years ago. So how fast is this going to be? And is it a V4 supercharger or is the V3 able to do it? So Joel, were you saying that? Um, that the V3 theoretically can do 800 volts? There's speculation by some in the community that it can go, that supercharging, the current supercharging network can handle over 800 uh, kilowatts. And wow. if you remember, um, what was it, 2017 um, shareholders meeting, um, they were going to roll out superchargers at the end of the, the summer, essentially. And then it took longer and it took longer. And I think it was not until, I think you guys, right around the same time you guys went to the boring tunnel reveal, like right around that same time was when they actually came out with it. Uh, so some speculation is, and mine for sure too, is that they actually started to learn about what they were gonna be able to do with this technology. And then they needed to add a little bit more charging or more capacity to these systems. So. I've got so much to say. Again, I, I think Elon does such a good job of just sort of giving you, us little bits and pieces um, that we won't know maybe for another six months or eight months, but it's hard to know. Yeah. Do we think that potentially it has to do with they just don't know the stability of the chemistry or the way that they're being set up over time? So they don't want to say, oh, we're going to get to 800, but they really may have to cap it out at five in order to like limit the degradation, which, you know, they're, they're, they're probably walking a little bit of a tightrope, right? As it pertains to like energy density versus range versus like longevity all at the same time right and and, and they're, they're they're probably constantly like moving back and forth on that one so it's maybe like that's related you know we have seen this before first of all we've seen this before with superchargers so v2 supercharger maxed out at like 120 then they've been increasing it recently and number two they've also been increasing the rate of charge of the s and the x and again i think that's to what you're saying tom like 
be very conservative up front. You do not want to plug in your Tesla and have it explode. So be very conservative. Go way underneath the specs that you think it can take. And then over time, with more data and more experience, say, okay, we can bump that up, we can bump that up. So it might actually be that they'll say, okay, you can charge it 500. And then after they've got some more expenses, they say, actually, you know what? We can do 600. Actually, you know what? We can do 700. But I've got a beef. May I, may I rant here for a second? Oh, please. Where's May the beef? I, I'm going to show you the beef. So I just uh, went up to the coast, dropped the sun back at school kind of thing, came back, V2, V3 supercharger, and um, I went to the new one in Paso Robles, and I plugged in and boop, went over 250 kilowatts, went to 256 kilowatts. But my first beef is it only stays there for about 30 seconds to a minute, and then it drops down really quickly. It gets down to about 225, stays there for five minutes, and then it drops down. So sustained charging i want to know why they can't do that that's your now, the fault second thing, now because you only have one tab <laughs> <laughs> then the next thing is i stopped at another supercharger this time in pismo beach on the way back 250 kilowatt supercharger it was pretty full there was about 10 cars there and i think it's about a 12 lots but i thought these were independent and we plugged in and i got 138 and the battery was pretty empty and everything was right so I thought V3 superchargers weren't supposed to be shared. You could get the theoretical maximum, but it was clear that with all of those cars on there, it didn't have the pipe to send it to all of those V3s at full speed. So I don't, you know, 500, 600, 800 uh, kilowatts sounds fantastic, but I can't even get 250 sustained. So riddle me that, Joel. I think it's, it comes down to price. Um, I, I mean, in, in some cases, um, until they can um, have batteries at the superchargers, I still wonder, you know, it, you cannot have 20 cars charging at 800 kilowatts. I know. The, the amount of energy is megawatts. It's megawatts if yeah. you've got all those. So, But they're going to have to solve for this for Cybertruck and for Semi for sure. So is the caching, as it were, batteries or are they going to use um, – Capacitors. Hmm. I, That's I think it's still, still unproven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Elon believes. So um, Elon wanted initially he wanted uh, to do super capacitors in college or for a PhD program, and um, I pretty much heard him say in a couple different interview, interviews that he doesn't think that's the way to go anymore. So I love I love capacitors, super capacitors, no moving parts at all, even a battery. They're still moving. Adams, um, I'd love it to be the case, but um, that's not what he's he's thinking about. But I do wonder when we when you look at how a Porsche charges and there's a, a little bit of a longer length of time at the top, at the top sort of charging rate, and then it peels down. I wonder if it's still around cooling in terms of how long they can go. Now, when you I'm not you know I'm in Massachusetts and there's hardly Anybody at superchargers still? You guys have a completely different situation over there. Other than the issue of just like there's too much power coming into the supercharging stations, I think that cooling is still a, a concern. And my disappointment was really only like I wanted to know all the little facts um, about how they were going to, you know, the new kind of cooling. So there's a cooling technology or sort of approach, I guess, which is uh, called tabbed cooling which sounds like it works a lot better than the way that 
Tesla's cooling right now. So if you think of the cylinder of a battery, and right now Tesla's cooling on the sidewalls, but there's some problems with that. Um, and essentially, you have metal, and then you have an insulator, and then you have metal and an insulator, and that slows the cooling process down when you cool on the sides. But when you cool on the tab, so on the top, the top and the bottom of the cell, um, and they didn't talk about this, so we don't know what the approach will be. It actually cools much better um, and much faster. And so uh, it does sound like Rivian's doing that. They're using, well, they've already talked about plate cooling, um, and that's another name for the tab cooling. So th there's still a lot more information to be had from Elon. And um, again, Tom's question is valid. Like, are they going to get to that 10 gigawatt hours in a year, or is it really going to be, you know, more Elon time? So, like, you know, uh, whatever the stated time is, plus two uh, or so, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think they have the technical chops because of um, Groman Engineering and the, um, who's the company, that, the Canadian company that they picked up as well? Maxwell? Um, no, no, Maxwell's California, no, right? Maxwell. But the um, high bar, high bar as well. Bar, yeah. So they're all, they're building super fast machines. Both of those folks are. I think that they have the chops to do this. And I think what he wanted to do was to be able to have people actually look at the machines, walk through the factory to see that it's real and that things are happening right now. And he didn't right. want to have the PowerPoint presentation that he says, you know, you can have a PowerPoint presentation on teleportation. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, do you feel like when he talked a little bit about, and, and maybe this speaks to this plate cooling or is different, his, their, their thought process about cooling, they did talk about the sort of more solid battery, uh, the sled, right, for stability and stuff like that. So that having like structural support and getting rid of some of the inter- mitten kind of pieces he talked about using the adhesive as sort of a thermal uh sink or whatever like do you feel like that potentially could do some of that plate dissipation of the heat if they you know since it will be just one giant plate of cast aluminum it seems like in that particular it sure sounds like it to me and um but the cool the cool thing is like there's not really a pack anymore i mean that's the 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 coolest thing about this so you know, you're going, instead of, they were talking sort of sell, sell to pack and, and getting rid of the module, it's sort of sell to body structure. And there's not really even an idea around what a, what a pack is. And then, you know, because we're trying to get down to that pack, what that pack cost is. And do we have this cost parity at whatever it's supposed to be, $100, um, $100 per kilowatt hour or something. And Did they show visuals for that? The, for the pack? Well, so he gave the example of airplane the airplane, airplane yeah. engineering where they used to stick a fuel tank in the wing. Now they just make a wing the shape of a fuel tank or a fuel tank the shape of a wing. And what they were saying with the car is that these fat, longer cells were just going to be part of the inner body. So it's like the, the car is more integrated. It's probably going to, and they're going to have far less parts. Right, they're going to why they're going to stamp the front half of the car and they're going to stamp the back half of the car in one big press, and in between there's going to be a 
smaller footprint of battery, right? They said they're going to move the battery in from the outer sides of the car because that way it wouldn't get damaged as easily in a side impact collision. And the batteries themselves with the adhesives and the structure of it were going to serve to be a stiffening uh, element of the body, even more so than they are now. Because right. it's it's going to be like, how you're going to replace that battery? I got no idea. Because if you're sticking it into the car, it almost sounds like it is, it's in there, period. You're not getting it out. It's not like you're going to unbolt it and take the car apart to get the battery out. It felt very Apple-like, like... Uh it's really hard to recycle Apple computers because everything's fused to the motherboard. It's like these batteries are going to be fused to this car. So, But then they talked a lot about recycling. And ultimately, once you get all of the batteries that you need for the entire world, you don't have to mine lithium anymore. You just keep recycling the batteries. So obviously, they're thinking forward. But it, I was just trying to get my head around what does that actually mean, that it's actually part of the structure. I understand the analogy, but I just don't understand how that. Well, they did show like they did have that one picture where they showed it with like the blue cells in it. But I, I agree, it was a little. He didn't go into as much detail as I imagined because what I what what I what it seemed like to me was they just got rid of all the 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 non battery space right that's currently in the power pack, and they could utilize all of that space for cells. There there wasn't any support ridges or anything else built into it. The thing in and of itself is is the rigidity plus the batteries adding that next level of rigidity. So they they have, I don't know, a little bit more room for a little bit more cells. The cells themselves are a little bit denser. They're able to carry a little more energy and a lot more range. And I don't know if, you know, on that note, like, did you guys do the math on the vehicles they currently have at what 56% means to range? I did. Yes. <laughs> so model three range is 502 miles at 56% additional uh, mileage model Y 493 model X 547 and model S an incredible 627 miles of range theoretically okay what did I guess? Okay, last so, so the, the question is to Mel. The question is to Mel. Um, and, you know, I'm a guest here, so you have to be nice to me. Um, if uh, Tesla announces in a couple months this 600 and what did you say, Tom? 627. 627 mile Model S. And you have to lease it. The question is, will you get that? And then will you lease uh, full self-driving as well? <laughs> you must. <laughs> oh, I hate you, Joe. Um, I'm all about the range, but if I can have a Model Y with 450 miles range, um, I'll be quite 490, happy. 493, buddy. Four, well, actually, I've actually got some numbers for you. Uh, uh -huh. Because the plaid you can actually pre-order. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, but that's but that's a plaid without this new battery technology. Oh uh, no, correct? I think this so, might be plaid with, with the new battery because it's going to have 520 miles range. So there, okay. So here's a better. Well, that's not the 56. That's a percent. That's a performance right? one at 520. So what's the long range going to be? Yeah, the long range could be 600. Yeah. Right. So so theoretically, the 56. Now the question is, do are we comfortable? This group of folks comfortable enough with their 
let's call it experimental tech, <laughs> experimental <laughs> battery technology to buy uh, the first thousand model S's off the line with this 627 uh, mile new shape battery, new structure battery, new cooling battery, and yet still same charge rate battery? No, not even close. My, it, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Do you, know, you want to ask what I would do <laughs> yes. or what I should do? <laughs> I say every time. Only a fool buys the first 10,000 of a brand new thing. Like Only a fool. And I got a Model 3 in the first week, and I got a Model Y in the first week because I'm an idiot. So shut up and leave me alone. So Joel's a no. Mel's a probably. <laughs> Dude, how could I not, if they came out with a Model Y with 450 miles range, I'd be like, yeah, um, I'm getting that. I'm trading in the old Y. I'm getting a new one. Yeah. Yeah, the question is, will they actually sell it to you? Right as they're transitioning to autonomy, and they're not, you know, all the leases, right? All the leases of Model Three, and I'm not sure about why, since they haven't really started leasing them yet. You can't keep them afterwards, right? They're supposed to keep them and put them in parking lots so that people can sit in the next <laughs> investor meeting. Uh, yeah. So the question is, Mel, uh, I guess this is this is a year plus away. They said that this plan will be at the end of 2021 with 520 miles of range, you're not putting your name down as a reservation holder? No, it's $134,000, which actually is not that much more than a, a performance edition right now. That's cheaper um, than the Model S uh, P100D performance originally. I'm like, they, they keep getting cheaper, not by a lot, but it was like 146000 then they came closer to 140,000. Then there was a while where they were giving away the ludicrous mode to encourage people. But here we have again um, another significant yeah. step up. Yeah, it's a, so the specs on the Tesla website is 520 plus miles range, 200 miles an hour top speed, zero to 60 less than two seconds, quarter mile less than nine seconds, 1100 horsepower tri motor. Um, this is. Uh, way too much car for me, way too expensive. And I just love the Y. I got to tell you, I've been just in love with the Y and this, the form factor of that. So the Model S would have to have 15,000 miles of range for me to go back. I know Joel's trying to bait me because he's, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I'm all about the range, but now I'm in love with the form factor of the Y. So let's say it's, um, it's 800 um, kilowatt. Uh, charging, which uh, I did a little math, and you know, there's gonna be smarter people out there that will correct for sure. But my estimation is it's about six to seven minutes in over 80% charging, so zero to 80%, about eight, zero to 90% in over um, in about seven minutes, six or seven minutes. So, like 400 miles range ish in seven minutes. That's too fast because I'm an older man. My prostate's big. It takes me more than seven minutes to empty my bladder. Actually, That's too fast. Yeah. Yeah, but you won't have to stop, uh, and uh, you know, for very. You can actually get to your destination before you need to pee at those kind of charge speeds. <laughs> I'll just wear my adult diaper and just I'm driving for like all day at seventy miles an hour. I mean, it, it's it, it's a very impressive roadmap, right? They are clearly just 
they're taking every, like they said, they're taking every single step and saying, why are we doing this? And they're doing that constantly. And my guess is that there's somebody in an office saying, why are you guys doing it this way? Even, you know, like there's somebody that's questioning whatever roadmap they're currently on at that place. And, and that is an amazing thing to, to see. It must be an amazing thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it must be, super frustrating also on some levels all all wound up into one as an engineer you're like i'm working on so hard on this and the guy next door is like eh, nah. sorry dude not a not a good idea yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're all proud that you came up with this one way to you know yeah. cut the process uh, in half and then somebody cuts it in half again and you're like yeah yesterday's yeah. news <laughs> Yeah. I think and the I, frustrating thing was be no matter what you did, it wouldn't be good enough for Elon. I just reduced the battery price fifty percent. Great, it sucks. Now go back and do it again. Now go back and do it again. Like that's why they turn over. I'm like I can't take the pressure. I like. I thought it was interesting in the way that they formatted the day, right? Where they went each and everything. They were like, "This is a fourteen percent increase, and this is a seventeen percent increase." And I don't know. I was almost more impressed. Because I'm not a like tech guy, so I don't really understand the battery aspect. But impressed with the the processes that they were talking about, the improvements in the processes and and the cost improvements and the investment improvements, and like we're going to be able to do this with an 86 percent lower investment. We're going to be able to do this with a 75 percent smaller footprint footprint and and those are the kinds of things that are actually really exciting because it feels like that's what's going to give them the ability to actually do it right like it's not it's not oh we figured out how to do this but it's ridiculously expensive oh we figured out how to do this and we made it almost 90 percent cheaper and we need less space to do it in that is somewhat the magic of today in my opinion i think that he kept going back to that sorry joel he kept going back to that like the real magic here is how you build the machines. It's not the building the prototype. It's building the machine that builds the machines. That's where the magic is. And that's uh, from mining the lithium, which we'll get to, to building the cars and stamping. That's the hard part. Any idiot, any idiot, even Tom could go and build a fantastic prototype, but go build 500,000 of those. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I, and, and on the note about the 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 thing maybe Joel can speak to this particular materials issue when they started to to get into the silicon and the price improvements as it pertained to to using the silicon versus using the graphite or the cobalt I'm not exact I got a little bit like lost in that particular area but they were basically talking about the 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 cage that holds the atoms from moving around and trying to keep it and they figured out a way to do it with silicon, did you understand how that is what they were doing, and as it pertains to what's currently happening? No, I, okay. I, I, I think I, they, I, was it just me then? No, it was, um, <laughs> and uh, I, at that point, um, my kids are homeschooling right now, and uh, I got pulled away, and I, I was yeah. so I needed to understand that piece, and I completely missed that. I think the deal was that the silicone that they've been using in batteries, the reason they can't increase the amount of it is that it's delicate and that it breaks when you heat it or when you when you charge it and it heats and it expands four times and then it contracts. Just like you, Tom, when you go up in the mountains and you see the mountainside and you see avalanches because of freeze and thaw and the rocks all kind of get loose and they fall down on you, 
Yes. So that's the problem with the silicone, but they figured out a way to encapsulate it and to protect it. So they could continue to use silicone and in greater quantities or higher percentage of the battery. Did they I'm mention just very that? disappointed in Joel because Joel, come on, you're homeschooling the kids. You're like, kids, sit your ass down there and watch this presentation with me. You don't well, need any other school for the day. Yeah. Come on. Well, these things I think I listened to like three times, um, and uh, I, I would be listening to it now. Um, but I'm with you guys. <laughs> if it wasn't, it wasn't for us idiots. So and then so in that particular thing when they talked about silicon getting it down to like 1.2 dollars per gigawatt hour which is and and giving a 20 percent range improvement so that one thing was a huge like a like a thousand percent cheaper right 10 times 10 times cheaper i don't know if that's anyways 10 times cheaper with 20 percent more range and and at only like five percent or something five dollar five percent of the dollars at of kilowatt hour at scale it was all it was all kinds of crazy but then right after that they went into this where he talked about using three types of batteries yes. depending on the range required. Yes, that's what and I, I wanted think to this talk was, about. This was a little buried, right? And, and a little like, like mentioned like, oh, we're going to maybe have a battery for the semi and a battery for the S, a yeah. battery chemistry for the semi, a battery for the S, and maybe another one potentially for the se- either the rest of the cars or the Cybertruck. So yep. what do you guys got on that? That really excited me a lot because they said, use the battery for the purpose. Your mega pack or your power wall in your house doesn't have to be super light to get better range on the road. It's not rolling anywhere. Once you stick it there, it's going to stay, hopefully. So let's use a battery that has good capacity, good charge cycle, and we don't really care that much about if it weighs an extra 15 pounds. Let's use iron. So they're using iron in those batteries. And then they'll use for a car, like a shorter range car that's going to be able to be charged more frequently, maybe a car like for an Uber network or for grandma who doesn't have to drive far, whatever. Well, I'm not sure how they characterize this, but for medium range cars, they're going to use a nickel uh, manganese. manganese. Yeah. And then for the semis where weight makes a huge difference, right? If the batteries are 500 pounds less and the freight hauler can get 500 pounds more stuff they can haul, that makes a big difference because they're going to be hauling a lot of stuff over the life of that truck. They're going to go for the most expensive 100% nickel batteries, but that's going to make the truck better at its job. And I thought that was great. is that the nickel cathode that they were talking about? The Correct. pure nickel cathode. So Correct. that you still have a lithium. That one was a was a minus sixty six percent in investment costs and eventually a minus seventy six percent in the processing cost to make that higher end battery, I guess. I don't know if you would consider that the higher end battery, or again, maybe it's just the the more we won't call them any of the more higher end. They're just more purpose built, I guess, in right. that particular instance, with the zero wastewater. But if if that's the most efficient chemistry to make and that's the most efficient and you're getting really good at doing it at scale, aren't you kind of confusing it by trying to make three different batteries at that point? Like can't no? No finances. I, I mean I, that's a, I think uh, I think a lot of people came in thinking, okay, Tesla's going to have this one cell, and this is how they're going to, th- this is how they're going to conquer the world, right? 
But the smart thing is, is that there's so many different ways that you can um, solve this problem. And I, I think that's, that's where I was talking about before. I don't know how the media is going to portray this whole event because it's so hard to describe. But iron, there's plenty of iron, and lithium and iron together can do some great things, and they can work in your medium-range cars, as Robert said, but they can, all, they can also work on your grid-scale grid storage and, and keep the costs. They were already down, um, or some estimates, um, so the limiting factor is one of the YouTube guys that really goes really deep into this, um, and I believe he said that at the cell level, they were already at about $65 per kilowatt hour for lithium iron phosphate. So continuing to bring that down will, will make grid storage, grid scale storage really, really cheap. And the, the, one of the good things about it too is the cycle life is amazing. And so using that for, for those types of uh, applications is perfect. And then for Mel's car, that needs to go, you know, 400 miles and get his son to college again, that, you know, you want the top end, the lightest cells you can, and, um, and, and, and that's how you sort of get this to work. I was one of those idiots that uh, Joel was referencing, was like, I thought this was all about they're going to have one battery to rule them all, and they're going to make trillions of them, and you'll just stick it in your power wall, and you'll stick it in your car, and you'll stick it in your truck. And then they said, no, don't be stupid. And I said, shut up. And they said, no, you're stupid. So that makes lots of sense to me. Um, one of the things that uh, just they also talked about, I'm going to bring up now, I don't know if it's the right time, but was lithium. And I've been trying to find out if there's enough lithium to do all this stuff. And we've talked about it for years on this show. And they were just like just totally dismissive of the fact that there might not be enough lithium. This They were saying the exact opposite. They've got too much lithium, that they just themselves bought a lithium mine, or it's going to be turned into a mine, a plot of land in Nevada that's 10,000 acres that has enough lithium in it probably to do almost all the cars in the United States. So did somebody just discover a lot of lithium in the last uh, two years or what? It's about extracting lithium. So the reason that lithium comes from places like Bolivia and the uh, Altiplano, Chile and Australia, yeah, up there in the very highest, because that used to be that used to be the floor of the ocean, and it got lifted up. It all dried. So lithium's in ocean water. The problem is that it's super dilute. It, you'd have to you'd have to process a lot of ocean water to get a significant amount of lithium. But if you take an entire ocean and let it all evaporate, so that the watery parts are gone, the lithium parts stay. And now you've got this dust that's full of lithium, and that's also in Nevada. But, you know, going and scooping the top, whatever, six feet of soil, or clay, as they were saying, from that many, many hundreds of acres is going to upset some people. And, uh, and how they're going to do it is an interesting, you know, we're just going to dig it up and uh, take out the lithium and put it back down. Uh, you know, it's not quite that easy, but... It's just like the Canadian tar sands. It's fine. It's going to look great. But down in uh, Western Australia, uh, where our friends are from the Tesla club there, uh, they said that the, the mine there actually has the most concentrated lithium. And I don't think that's actually lithium that came from seawater. I think it's actually like lithium, a different form. But that's all been bought by the Chinese. I don't think that that's going to be available to Tesla. Well, I guess my point was this. I was really happy to hear 
if what mm. they're saying is true, that there's plenty of lithium. Don't worry about the lithium. We've got all the lithium we need. Lithium's like the second most abundant uh, chemical in um, the planet kind of thing. Um, so that was just different than what I've been trying to find out for a long time about whether there's enough lithium to do all this stuff because uh, he was talking about 2 billion cars and he's talking about um, all of the storage for the grid. Like they, they sort of blew past that. Like they basically were saying the way to fix the renewable energy on the grid is solar, wind and batteries and we're just going to build enough batteries to do it. And not pumped hydro, not, uh, you know, pushing heavy things up railway lines, none of that stuff, just batteries, baby, batteries. Yeah. And, and lithium is... I mean, is, of course, they're going to say that because that's their business. Right. First off, they make battery storage, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, they're going to they're gonna try to assert their, their will in the market, for sure. There's no doubt. It, and it will be interesting to see what the ultimate answer is. But in terms of lithium, though, um, in, a, in a battery... Currently, lithium is only 3% of the overall weight of the cell. And so um, I, I, I do understand. I, I do I'm understand. What was that you, Joel. I'm watching Mel's face. Oh, it is. What was that show? Uh, Willis? Say what? What you talking about, what? Willis? Yes. What you talking about, Willis? I have that. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> it's only 3% by weight. There's a really good chart out there that shows... Uh, the entire uh, weight of the pack and uh, visually showing you the different constituents. And um, copper, aluminum, and nickel are, you know, most of the weight. Even cobalt is pretty darn small. Right. But, you know, and so that's, at least, at least for the Teslas, it's pretty darn small. But really, I think the play on going from um, from the nickel all the way down to to the iron is more about how uh, they're going to get nickel than than lithium or anything else. And so, and were they were they saying, Joel, that basically they're going to a zero cobalt process? Is that what they were saying? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, iron, the the lithium phosphate iron is cobalt free. They were confident that they could get to a manganese uh, nickel lithium combination with no cobalt and then the very high-end ones they were going to be without that as well so 100 without cobalt and sort of sidestep some of the um human rights issues that are out there and i think that's a good thing yeah we talk about that all the time cobalt it comes from i think mostly the congo um and they have literally have kids sent down there and they're you know, these artisanal mines and they're a disaster. It's really complicated, though, because when film crews go in and ask, you know, people who are sending their kids down there, the parents, like, well, if they don't do it, we're going to starve. So it's a terrible situation for them because the kids go down and they die, and if they don't mind, then they might starve. So these things are much more complicated than that. But um, yeah, I think overall we feel like the not – you know, sending children down mines is probably a good thing. Let's try and find them something else to do, like build solar panels or something. But I'm stunned that uh, all three of those lines could be cobalt-free. I didn't think we were there yet. I thought we were going to hear just a tiny little bit of cobalt. But they're like, no cobalt for you. No soup for you. That's what I thought too, because um, you saw Elon sort of said, what, like two years ago, oh, the Y is not going to have any cobalt at all. And then it 
it is it does have a little cobalt in it still. It's not as much as some of the competitors, but it still has cobalt. And so I thought we were still going to hear a little bit of cobalt, but that's not what they're not what they're promising. What does the cobalt do? Do you know what the cobalt does? Like, why is the cobalt critical at this juncture? From everything I understand, it was like a stabilizer. It keeps it. Nickel is very reactive. Uh, nickel and lithium together are very reactive. And adding just a little bit of cobalt just calms it down enough so that I'm guessing it doesn't catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they made it sound like that was the part of the bookshelf that the cobalt just really makes a really nice bookshelf. Not your IKEA crap. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking a really nice bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, like mahogany, which also comes from a damaged place on the planet. So, so overall, right? 54% increase in range, right? 56% reductions in cost and a 69% reduction in overall investment needed to get here, followed by Elon making a very schoolboy chuckle about the word, the number 69 being up on the screen because <laughs> uh, he's hilarious. Who, and who thinks it was really 70%? Or, or 72. <laughs> he said like he said like sixty nine point nine two three or something like he actually said that like under his breath like it's not exactly sixty nine but I mean come on it's funny like it is it is disturbing that the person who is most likely to save human beings from disaster <laughs> is a twelve year old boy it's just but so, those are staggeringly impressive numbers if you really think about it. like we're not talking about like. 5% improvements, 2% improvements. He's like blowing the whole thing up, improving every aspect of it. And, he, and he's going to make it in smaller footprint, which means that overall the, the, the impact of even the company from a zero carbon like standpoint of building, needing huge spaces to build these factories, right? He could put factories in a lot more places if they don't need to be, you know, gigantic, it's just it's staggering to imagine like this is his this is his like what three year plan <laughs> not his not his 25 year plan but like this is his three year plan what the hell do these guys what the hell are these guys going to actually do with unlimited money and time yeah i mean think about how amazing their creativity and their gusto is when they talked about the production of the car and integrating the cells into the car, they developed their own version of aluminum. Okay, what car manufacturer in the history of cars has developed their own, their own metal for creating the car? I mean, it's just impressive going back to, as they were saying, first principles. And, uh, and I think it's amazing. I mean, it's hard to understand. I'm sure, as you said, Joel, that uh, CNN and NBC and tomorrow's morning shows will be like, wow, it's great. They're going to make bigger, fatter batteries that are cheaper. And that's going to be pretty much the soundbite, but not the fine details that really go into uh, what excite us. And that is redesigning uh, a mode of transportation from so many different directions. Yeah, I mean, they're like one one year to 18 months to get this process off the ground, basically, and three years till full realization. Again, Elon time, Tesla time, team time, whatever it is. Joel and says then, plus two. You know, and then as part of <laughs> and then as part of that, 
you know, oh, by the way, we think we could make a $25,000 car. I mean, a fully autonomous $25,000 fully car. autonomous $25,000 car. Now, now is that the rideshare car, right? <laughs> For them? I, I don't know. I mean, they're probably their rideshare car is probably the maximum range fastest charging because that's a that's how you maximize your revenue as it pertains to that. But a you know, and he didn't give a timeline really for the $25,000 car, but if, you know, cars aren't getting cheaper and if in three years from now it does actually come out as a $25,000 car, I mean... Well, they don't even don't, have a I name. I mean, I don't know what Honda does right then. Like, what? Like, are you buying a Civic? Yeah, no, he actually, in the, <laughs> the question and answer period, we talked about that. It's like, we've been trying to tell the ice manufacturers to get on board with this thing because we're coming to eat your lunch and they won't listen and we're coming to eat your lunch. And yeah. it really did feel like everybody there, um, like over and over again, like our purpose here is to accelerate human beings towards renewable energy before there's none of us left because we destroyed the planet. And yeah. please help us out. Please come and join us. Please, other manufacturers, get on board because as big as Tesla's going to be, we can only do a fraction of the amount of production that is required. We need other people to help. And that was almost, uh, not hysterical is not the right term, but they were definitely pleading, please come on, we've all got to do this. They see this existential crisis more than any other um, car manufacturer or energy producer in the world. And I was really, I hope those people are listening, but they're not going to listen because of the existential crisis. He was trying to make the argument that we will just eat you if you do not do this. Yeah, they, they started toasting the bread, by the way. Like they're, <laughs> they're, making, they're making sandwiches, but they have definitely thrown the bread in the toaster at this particular point. But he made a point, and this is, this, is the, this is our message to the car manufacturers out there. They think they, and all of the amazing work that they're doing, can get to three terawatt hour yearly capacity with an overall world need of 20. So there's 17 terawatt hours of capacity out there needed, ready for you to invest in, make money, follow their model, steal their patents. They don't care. So if you got 50 or $60 billion laying around, there's, there's, a, there's a chance for you to turn it into tenfold that uh, because this is happening. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to consider franchising like McDonald's so that if you've got the location and you've got, you know, the capacity, be it to find the manpower, person power, financing, et cetera, you know, you're in wherever, uh, let put up a factory and Tesla will license the, the, um, the technology to you. So you could put up a terawatt factory. Yeah. I think that the person, the people most likely to pick up another 10 terawatt hours a year of production is actually Tesla. Um, I think that they are, if they pull this next one to three years off, they'll continue to put themselves so far ahead of everybody else. Their stock price will get so high. They'll have so much extra cash. The person who will have $100 billion to burn on this and another $100 billion to burn on this will actually be Tesla. Um, I'm surprised that they still seem to be saying like, please come on, join us, join us in this. But if they pull this stuff off, they will be the biggest market cap company in the world. Um, I they think, will blow I think, by Apple. Yeah, I think that's they correct. just believe they can't do it fast enough. Is the problem right? That's what they're that's what they're getting at, right? Like they can get to three terawatts by twenty thirty. I think is what they said. Like that was sort of sort of their goal. But like 
we could be over by then. Like if there's if they're still the only three terawatts by 2030, then we got huge problems. So so that's kind of their that that's what that's what it felt like to me, anyways. Right? That they were like, you guys got to get on board. What are you showing us, Robert? I'm showing you a picture of a radio show. We're the uh, we're the actual um, pop up drive-in theater was, uh, and it happens mm-hmm. to be. Right behind where their jumbotron was is the battery factory. That's it. It's like sitting right there. It's right across from Cato Road, which is where they built like a failed 20 supercharger uh, station that never, never flew. And, uh, and they said the batteries are being made right here. And so, I mean, this is not a big factory if you look at it, but it's a... Um, it's happening. I think those pictures they were showing us of batteries running around or being that's shuttled around. Gigawatt, that's the 10 gigawatt cap, max capacity pilot factory is what they call it. Right. That. And, and most people thought, most people, sorry, Mel, most people thought it was going to be somewhere around one or two gigawatt hours for a pilot line. So I was going to say, remember when 10 gigawatts used to be a lot? <laughs> there was like, 10 gigawatts, nothing. Right. So I'm going to do, I want to do two. Robert, what Joel did to me, because, you know, I'm paying, it, I'm paying it forward. Ah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Robert, uh, there's a Plaid Model S that you can now pre-order. It's $135,000. It goes 520 miles. It goes over 200 miles an hour. It has a zero to 60 in under two seconds. Robert, Robert, are you going to uh, pre-order one? Actually, I was thinking one on top of that, Mel. I was thinking, let's think. The Roadster was supposed to go zero to 60 in less than two seconds and have a 600-mile range. WTF? That thing is just oh. going to certainly just fly. It's going to go what? I mean, like how the, the rear tires are going to have to be like nine feet wide and it's going to go zero to 60 in like half a second and its range will be 2,000 miles. I mean, like... It just—it's almost becoming ridiculous. I mean, it, yeah. Did the did the specs they produced today? Do you think that increased that range? Well, or, what's or interesting—that that was the—that was the roadmap that they were talking about when they released that Roadster, you know, two years ago. Yeah. If, the interesting thing is, if you look on the Tesla website, the Roadster is no longer there. You can't click on. There's no Roadster link. So mm-hmm. what's going on? You know, if you multiply roads to range 620 by 1.5, you get 930. <laughs> 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 so um, I don't know if you saw the specs of the, the Lucid Air, I guess it was. And these numbers just go a little bit over every one of the stats that Lucid came up with. Look, there's a genius that's on the show who uh, <laughs> predicted... And you could go back and listen to the last one that Elon is going to come out with a car with a 520 mile range just to be a little bit more than Lucid Air. And who is that genius? Tom? This guy. Oh, <laughs> come on. I mean, I am the genius, but Mel actually came up with that one. So the current specs on the Roadster are the same as they announced today for the Plaid 1.9, 0 to 60. So you know that's going to get increased because they're not going to have the Roadster be as fast as or slow in this particular case as the S. 
a 620 mile range. Again, I don't know when they announced that. My guess is they've probably felt they were somewhere on this path anyways. So, and that car is obviously much smaller. So let's say 30% more gets you to about 800, 820, you know, like ballparky and 250 mile an hour top speed. Like they're not going over that. That's ridiculous. So, no, but this will make that a car that you can take to track day. Uh, you know, like you just, you, you have it delivered to your house, you drive it to the track and instantly you're the fastest dude or dudette on the track, period. Of course, how long are you going to last in that car and not crash it is another question. <laughs> Jill? Did you uh, also see the, um, they're going to be taking the Roadster to um, uh, the German Nürnberg track, or? yeah, in uh, next year, uh, springtime. So... They don't want to be beat, and they want to just... No. I mean, the, Elon wants everybody to come along, but he still wants to be first, no matter what. Right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. He does want people to come along as long as you're second, and uh, there's a lot of testosterone there. Yep. And that's why I said with Lucid Air, no matter... I was excited when Lucid came out with uh, the 517-mile range. I'm like, that's fantastic. Elon is so going to go over the top of that. And that's why competition is good, particularly when you have somebody like Elon in the house. So uh, you're going to have to wear a special suit to drive that car because if you accelerate that fast, you're not going to be able to not syncopize, not faint. It's going to be like, yeah, you won't be able to. It's crazy. A diaper like that woman who uh, drove from Houston to Florida. Remember that woman? Um, Mm -hmm. Who, uh, I don't know, she wanted to kill somebody's uh, girlfriend or something like that. And she wore a diaper the whole way. I think you're going to need to wear something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting in that car. I don't yeah, care. Your sphincters are going to lose all sphincter control. I'm having no, no part of that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's darn impressive. It's so darn, I said at the impressive. beginning, underwhelming. Um, and what I meant by that was, I wanted to get back to it to say, I understand why Elon had to come out and say, we've got this amazing, cool thing so that lots of people got interested. The problem is that since then, everybody's been one-upping each other about what could happen, what could happen, what could happen, what could happen. Um, on this show, I said, I think they're going to be giving us 20% increase in um, energy density, and that would be amazing. 50% would be ridiculous, and I don't think they can do it. And of course, what do they do? They blow past 50%. They blow past 50% reduction in cost. And um, Elon has been saying for you know a little while, this is sort of the one to three year time range. This is not tomorrow. Um, and they did all of those things. So they actually beat all of the things that I thought they would do. It was just a little underwhelming because in the last 24 hours, because of the hype machine, I'm like, oh my gosh, did they just cure cancer? and uh, get rid of racism and uh, did they like able to suck carbon from the air so we can get back under 350 like what have they done and I guess in the last 24 hours I got a bit sucked into the hype machine but they certainly blew past everything that was expected a few weeks ago it's it's interesting that you mentioned that Mel suck carbon from the air because what does that require it just requires energy and depending on how expensive your energy is it's either way too expensive to consider where it becomes considerable. And just like they did in one of our favorite books, the Mars series, 
uh, they had sent out these like autonomous uh, devices that had energy and they could warm the planet. Same thing could go here. You could just make some barges and uh, put them wherever and have them running on uh, wind out in the ocean with a battery and suck carbon. And, you know, how many of those do you need? Well, build two more Terra factories and pump out a bunch of those things, as long as somebody keeps an eye on them so they don't suck too much carbon. But I don't think we have that issue right now. Yes, this is not a problem. Actually, I just was reading an article about, I think in Norway, they just dropped a couple of billion dollars on a carbon sequestration project where they're basically sucking carbon and then shoving it into oil shale in the North Sea. So that concept is already starting, but it needs to hurry up because I don't know if you've been in California recently, but we're on fire. Yeah, but if they do that to the oil shell, does that like are they using that as like an additional extraction progress process so they can then say like oh, their Tom, oil shell extraction is zero carbon? <laughs> like we're net zero carbon. Enjoy your fossil fuels. Yes. I've joked about that before. You can take the carbon out of the air and turn to a a tarry black substance and put it into the earth, or you could (laughs) stop sucking the tarry black substance out of the earth and burning it. It would have the same effect. (laughs) Yeah, and and so you got this like one-year, 18-month time frame before these new batteries hit, three years before their full blast. You have car companies like we talked about in the last show that are announcing cars that aren't even going to be out until this time frame and tesla's made them obsolete like they, they've made like gm's pouches in their <laughs> in their cadillac or whatever like oh that's cute you guys are that's totally adorable it's about as really. cute as, an, as a kangaroo pouch at this point it's like completely useless <laughs> yeah like how are these companies how can you compete with this sort of pace of innovation well they yeah, did well, show that graph in the uh shareholders meeting where over the past 12 months, Tesla is the only car company that had an increase in market share. Every other car company was down. And I thought that was, uh, at first I thought, can that be? And then I think back and yeah, I imagine it is. All right. So I think we should wind this down and we should throw it to Joel. So Joel, give us your summary. And do you feel more hopeful, less hopeful Are we going to get through this? I feel like, I was saying this to my son who's in electrical engineering school, but I feel like the fate of the planet and technology are on this race together. And can we get the tech ahead of uh, what we're doing with carbon? Can we do it fast enough? Because if we can't, we're in trouble. So, Joel, give us your, as the president, as the president, tell us, tell the people, we're the people. Are we going to be okay here? Well, I want the people to know that uh, I think this is a great path. It wasn't big promises of fancy technology. This was a down and dirty look at every single process and how can we improve every single step. And that's why, that's partly why I was, I was left a little like wanting for more. But at the same time, it's actually a better, it's a better way. And it's gonna be harder to, to come up with a, a home run on some solid state battery that you know is probably going to be 150 dollars kilowatt hour they've really looked at the process and and nailed down a lot of things and i guarantee in six months they'll be on iteration you know 10 and 11. and so i'm definitely excited um most definitely excited about 
where they're going. I mean, I want to drive out there and, uh, except for the uh, fires and my asthma, I'd like to go out there and uh, I'd love to work in, in that area. It's, it's going to be an exciting time, for sure. And uh, I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for electric cars in general, but I think Tesla's doing great. And uh, I think this is, uh, I want to see the energy storage side of things continue uh, and continue to improve. I'm wondering if this uh, updated battery tech is going to shorten the time to a Tesla Semi or lengthen the time to a Tesla Semi. Because I think these, this battery tech is what's going to be pretty essential to making that Semi dominate. But if they're only on you know, a small prototype plant by the time Texas is built... You know, I don't know what that time frame is. I'm hoping that the time frames are concurrent so that they can supply these larger batteries uh, to the Tesla um, semi plant so that those semis can get out. Because I can tell you that, you know, recently I was on the freeway near Long Beach, which is a big port, and I was surrounded by trucks. And I just, even with the air circulation on recirculation, it smelled horrible, and I just felt terrible with all those big trucks because they are putting out so much pollution. Yeah, I was just driving back from Northern California and I saw three, count them three, count them three, uh, car haulers, these big trucks full of Ys and a couple of threes. And I said to my wife, you know, I can't wait till we do this drive and those cars are being driven by an electric vehicle because it's kind of ironic right now. You've got all these electric cars being driven by a big diesel truck. And so you're right, um, it doesn't seem like the timing here, well, at least it seems like at least two years before we're going to get significant volume in the semi, and we need that. Yeah. So, Tom, were you a happy man? Were you a sad man? Give us your summary. So my, my summary is what, what scares me most of all when Tesla does something that just seems just so far ahead of what everybody else is that all these other car companies who we need to come along they like who wants to buy anything but a tesla when you see this kind of technological path that they're on i think it makes it much more difficult for people to to be excited about a chevy or to be excited about a ford to be excited that those companies themselves are excited about what they're doing and putting this kind of effort towards their tech and towards their technology and and it's and it's it's odd to me in some ways the more successful tesla is the least we feel i feel like other evs are relevant well that's what i was saying i think the company that's most likely to be able to fund this is tesla because they're so far ahead now it's interesting his relationship with volkswagen and he's driving the volkswagen and they're driving the tesla and they're trying to be buddies and I think he feels that the car company most likely to come along for the ride is Volkswagen. He yeah. doesn't seem excited about other people. Um, uh, but it is going to require a village. Um, and the village, most of them are village idiots right now. It's like, come on, <laughs> get your act together. But Volkswagen is, Volkswagen is the behemoth, right? Because they are all of the big brands, right? They have so many brands under their umbrella in that automotive group that even, you know, I, I think that's something that I hadn't really thought about in a while. But like, 
if he's really tight with those Volkswagen folks and they can and he can pull them along, they they seem to want to make the investment, right? They were forced to make some investment, but they also it feels like they're not necessarily begrudgingly coming along like the rest of the legacy car makers in the states. I think, you know, Toyota in in my opinion is really probably the biggest problem, you know, in in terms of they're the behemoth, they're the 7 800 pounds gorilla in the room and they have never really taken it seriously in my opinion. Like they've dabbled around the edges and if they were if if Tesla, Toyota and Volkswagen went all in together, then I think you'd start to be able to see, you know, in 10 years the potential of that 30% turnover in the global fleet. But, it, you know, at, at one or two percent, like it and their capabilities of growing as fast as they can, they're pissing into the wind over there in Fremont. Isn't it the paradox that the person, the company that made the Prius, which was the environmental car for decades, yeah. is like not interested? It's, you know, a few years ago, we were talking about how um, Volkswagen or somebody like that could buy Tesla because of market cap and stuff. And, and maybe that would be good. Maybe that would be bad. And now because of market cap. Maybe Tesla is just going to have to grow their market cap, get bigger and bigger. I'm like, you know what? Thank you. Uh, we're just going to buy Volkswagen and all that capacity and we're going to flip it and we're going to buy a Toyota. Could it get to the point where their market cap is so high, they just like cash some checks and we just buy these people and we'll take them over? But it's culture, right? It's culture and it's machines and it's engine. Like it's all of those things. Like they, even if you bought Toyota – you have to change everything about Toyota, right? And that's and that's the issue, right? Is is Tesla's making it impossible for even a company like Toyota to compete because they're starting from zero and they're starting from zero every month and Don't every year throw they're cold willing cold water on my super simplistic idea. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Damn uh, you. I'm Dave. sorry. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Robert. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I wonder if there are uh, a small group at Tesla who are doing just that, looking at every auto plant that there is. I mean, here in the United States would be important because, you know, Texas is going to be giant and it's going to be able to produce a lot of vehicles, but it's not going to be able to produce the number of uh, cyber trucks that are going to be required if this really continues to go, right? The number of pickup trucks sold in the United States, I don't think they're going to be able to do that from one plant. So I wonder if they're actually out there looking to see if, you know, there are either idled plants or plants that are currently going that they could take over. Because really, I don't know that GM needs to go out of business or BMW needs to go out of business. But if their business continues the way it's going now, they are going to want to um, get rid of some real estate and they are going to be willing to, you know, bend and say uncle and Tesla, if they have some people who are very um, savvy with finances and business purchases and uh, and the technology as well, this is you know a strategic uh, opportunity for Tesla. Yeah, they bought a uh, car manufacturing plant in Fremont uh, the, for fifty million dollars, which was at one point valued at one billion dollars. So that's uh, that's a good deal. You know, one thing we didn't talk about because they blew past it really quickly. And uh, we should talk about it for a second here, is autonomous driving. So he said, we rebuilt the stack, and in about a month, 
you are going to have the first beta of fully autonomous driving. Tom, I'm going to go to you first with this because you're throwing <laughs> up a little bit in your mouth. Is that going to happen? Is this the first time that all of those times that I've bought autonomous driving that I'm going to get it? Get your money. Sure it is, Mel. It's all <laughs> coming. They're just, they're just one software update away. No, even you said that the last update you got was working better. I do think eventually they're going to get there. It's It's been fodder and fun for the show. They've taken a hell of a lot longer than we all thought when we started doing this and they started talking about it. They still haven't followed through on the LA to New York thing, right? He'll make a big deal about that if they can ever do that. Are they a month away from full self-driving? No. I mean, they're just not. Like, I, I, I was in autopilot today, and I was driving down on a, on a on a street, and there was a semi parked on the side of the road. And as soon as the my car got next to it, it slammed on the brakes. It wasn't moving; it was parked. There was no reason for it to slam on the brakes. It was it was in the lane a little bit, but it got like about a third of the way through through it and it just slammed on the brakes there was a car behind me like it, it can't do that but like, Tom, can't do that so you i don't have think it's a stupid month autopilot <laughs> no. i have stupid autopilot we have mm -hmm. autopilot that's running a 2d recognition program and what he was oh. talking about was 3d recognition where they've rewritten right. or they've relearned all of the 4D. Well, that's with yeah. time. time in there. Right. So they've, time in there. they've redone the labeling oh. and they've done it with multiple cameras all stitched together in 3D with video, which is what I think is going to make autopilot the panacea, the unbelievable what we've been waiting for all of our lives improvement. And in 30 days, maybe it's 29 days now because it's now over. Midnight. At the Joel Factor, we're going to do this from now yeah. on. There's a 2.0 Joel Factor to everything. So yeah. that's 60 days. <laughs> when, when, when do you think, Tom? Tom, when, when do you think um, Elon will declare feature complete? It, will, it won't be perfect, but just... Well, he's already declared feature complete. It's, uh, right? <laughs> I, no, he did. I thought he declared feature know. complete, but like it's not... It's not it's not out in the wild, okay. but okay. What I, what I feel is, I mean, as feature complete as anything at Tesla. How about just how I about Tom? Still when feel can you like fall it's six on your road trip. Middle of oh, what, that's I mean, further. Yeah, I, I, that's way way down. I'm not the saying line. legally. I mean, he started to I'm talk about that. I'm not saying legally. Today. I'm just saying when could you um, fall asleep and let the car drive? I still don't think it happens next year. I think he just announced feature complete one month from now. The beta that's feature complete. Now that doesn't mean it's not a drunken 15 year old, but uh, <laughs> okay. it theoretically can drive you from home to the the freeway across the freeway, uh, to work and back again. He basically said that's happening in a month. Especially now, if you live in Bel Air and work in Hawthorne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I've got... That would, be, that would be Elon's route, by the way, yeah. in case you're, you're unaware of that situation, until he sells his Bel Air homes, I guess. I've got to say that the current version of Autopilot, which does automatic transition on the freeway, change lanes and stuff for you, is actually very good. It feels like autonomous driving. Now, it doesn't do the street shit, but on the freeway, you don't have to now say, okay, it's going to ask me to change lanes. It just changed lanes for you. You can 
click the button and do that. And it's very good, except for every now and then, just like Tommy's experience, for no apparent reason, it hits the brakes as hard as it can. It sees its own shadow. That's a huge glitch. Yeah. Right. It's, okay. It's so a contrast Joel, thing. It's absolutely a contrast thing. If the freeway goes from like white concrete to like dark asphalt, it sees it and it gets them like, I'm not really sure if there's a truck that's turned over on the road. I'm just going to hit the brake as hard as I can. Right. And that's fine. But the solution to a panic situation is not to hit the freaking brakes every time. Right. Oh, it is. That's my problem that there's a truck with it. Upside down in front of that, me. There is. That's my. That's my problem with it because it's not taking into account what's going on behind you. It's not taking into account all how other people are going to react to you slamming on your brakes. And that's what it needs to do to be ready for prime time. And 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 I know you have an opinion on this, Joel. So you ask me the question. I'll flip it back at you. What do you think? And and how many times have you paid for full self driving? Uh, well, well, Joel, oh. are you an idiot? Is that what you're saying, Tom? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I well, I'm, I'm I love this just like you guys love this, but I only have AP one. I bought okay. I bought my Tesla um, the day that he announced AP two, and I had. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, that's I really mean, rude. I, <laughs> that's, what are you fucking laughing at, Herbert? <laughs> The, the day he had, somebody else got hurt. That 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 week that he announced, um, he was like, "Oh, I have a big announcement," and we all knew it was going to be something about autopilot. And um, I was supposed to pick my car up on a Tuesday. I called and said, "Ah, I want to wait a little bit." Elon was supposed to make an announcement on Tuesday. He delayed it till Thursday, and they said, "Well, you have to come by Thursday, or you're going to lose your deposit." I I got it on Thursday, and uh, that was it. So do you wish? A, do you wish you would have lost your deposit? Uh, yes, actually. But it's just—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm a tech nerd like everybody else. But it, it, to answer uh, Mel or Tom's question, um, I think he's going to uh, sort of declare feature complete, and like, and it gets pushed out to the majority of folks, or starts to, probably by January. But it really won't be feature complete for another year after that, or more, or a little more. Because so, what do you mean by feature complete? Do you mean uh, feature well, complete, or actually? I don't know what he means by pretty feature good. Complete. Yeah, no, nobody does. So yes. I'll ask you to. So that's impossible. But so because okay. the other part is like, um, it's almost like um, you know, if you say when is when is FSD going to be real. That's almost like, well, when's COVID going to be over in some way, right? <laughs> oh, because that's, is oh, it? It's not like that, is it? Is it? It's never going to be over. No, no seriously, because it, part of it is right um, is the psychology in it as well. So, okay, so now a vaccine comes. Let's say a vaccine comes out right before uh, election, and then we all start to get it, um, but not everybody's going to get it at once, and and still people aren't going to feel comfortable. And if potentially it only lasts three months and you could get it again or, you know, maybe get it again after. And so I think the same psychology is going to take a while to take a effect with FSD as well. But we know that he's building Dojo um, and Dojo is not going to be ready till spring or later. And I think then is what that's going to be the computer that's going to tr continue to train everything. So I don't think it's really going to be ready for for a bit, um, probably a year and a half. A, hopefully, you know, I want to be optimistic. So I shouldn't buy it. I shouldn't buy it now. I think you, if he comes down on price, you should buy it. 
But the next time it goes to two thousand, yeah. Elon, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. the next time it goes to two thousand dollars, I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah. Well, well, let me just say for a second because we were throwing out this word feature complete, and according to the Oxford Dictionary, okay. it says denoting a version of a piece of software having all the functionality intended for the final version but requiring some improvements and fixes before release. And it wasn't written by Elon. I just want to make sure you guys understand that. This <laughs> definition was not written by Elon. <laughs> yeah, so it feels it- like it's almost feature complete now because he knows what he wants it to do. He knows like he knows what he wants it to do. He wants it to leave your driveway and get to your to your destination and and back without you intervening whatsoever, right? He knows that's what he wants to do. He's just trying to figure out how to teach it how to do it. Look, at this okay. point, let me just say again and to quote Saturday Night Live, Jane's you ignorant sluts. <laughs> it's feature complete when he says the beta for full self-driving is out there. That's feature complete. It doesn't mean you should trust it. It doesn't mean it's not going to crash or or hit the brakes. It just means it theoretically can do all the things. Now we just have to train it to do it much better. So I think it's feature complete in a month if they come out, use the jaw factor, two months. Um, Then it's about refining, making it better, making it better. Because exactly what Joel said is so perfect um, with the COVID thing. It's like just because it theoretically can do those things, Nobody's going to trust it until it stops doing silly things and uh, you shouldn't trust the vaccine or you shouldn't go back to a movie theater with a thousand people. You shouldn't go back to, you know, uh, seeing the concerts and licking each other and coughing at each other uh, until we're well past the vaccine and you know what I'm saying? Uh, Feature complete is one thing. Sleeping in the backseat, having a couple of margaritas and driving down the road. That's a couple of years away. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want that so bad. So bad. Like, I, I, I'm going to Florida. Yeah, I don't care. I'll be yeah, asleep. Right. It, doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can drive overnight. I'd like to be a one house uh, car hold, uh, household. One car household. Um, no, you're living in your car because it's so great. You're just driving around everywhere. Man. <laughs> there, our cars sit in the driveways and do nothing. And... Um, that's really what I'd like to take advantage of. And I mean, yeah, he's capturing everybody's imagination with a lot of different things, but I actually think that once autonomy comes, I think the car market is going to collapse. I, I think there's going to be a lot less cars bought once that happens. And so, you know, the ICE car makers are, are maybe they're starting to switch, but then if they didn't, catch up with autonomy, there's just going to be this big collapse. Um, oh, I, I, man, that's I mean, I'm thinking like, things. geez, I, maybe I don't need a garage and I can um, build, you know, make a new room in, in the garage and build up and not even have a garage because maybe we'll just be all autonomous. I mean, it's yeah, definitely like going to happen. It's just when. In the old days, you just right. kind of put and, your and, horse and, up on the, uh, on the post <laughs> up there and uh, you didn't have to... Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I mean, we can go on and on forever, but I think that's, that's probably one of the most salient points of this conversation where we talked about, you know, to, 
to sort of peg back to what I said about the legacy car makers, I mean, this this is also another nail in their coffin in a lot of ways because Tesla is going to be able to nail the battery. They're going to be able to nail the manufacturing and they're going to be able to nail autonomy. And maybe one of those companies can do one of those. Maybe. Maybe two of those companies can do one of those. There isn't another company that I can think of that's on a path to do all three of those. Even, even they're, they're not even attempting to do all three. Like the big companies aren't making their own batteries. They're not, they're working on FSD, but they're working on FSD with like third party companies like that. They've, that, you know, they're, they're not all in They're They're hedging their bets and they're going to hedge their bets all the way. They're going to, they're going to play their big blinds out until they have no stack. Um, and, Tesla's going to have all the chips at the on on the table at that point. That's why he says the valuation of this company is the value of making all of those cars plus autonomy. And the plus autonomy bit is 10x making all those cars. So if you have full self-driving uh, in your car, your car is not worth $50,000, it's worth $500,000. And that's the point where why would you sell us any cars because you sell us, I give you 50000 you keep, you put it on the network yourself, Tesla, that's $500,000. There is some point where Tesla stops selling cars and the valuation of this company goes to trillions. But do we, do we all really believe that people don't want to own their own cars fundamentally? I don't. Yes. I know my son and all of his friends, they couldn't give a crap about a car when Lyft and Uber or mostly they were all Lyft fans, were available. That and buses, they were just getting around. They weren't interested in the car and the, and the responsibility of it. I, okay. I think there's going to be old fogies um, that want their car. And like me. I resemble that remark. I, I resemble that I love, remark. I love driving. <laughs> like um, uh, a couple years ago, somebody wanted to do a poll on like, how much time you spent in autopilot. And I'm driving the car because I really like driving. Like stop and go traffic, that's when I turn it off. But um, I, I do see, though, that there's going to be enough people that we're not going to be selling what the United States sells, like 15, 16 million a year. 30 million, 30 million, I think is what it's like 10% a year, isn't it? So 10% of 300 million. It's a big number. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to go down. I, and I think that's going to be great for the environment as well. Even if, yeah. you, you know, if we have a billion electric cars, okay, that's better than a billion ICE cars, right? But if we have 750 million uh, electric cars, that's even better for the environment. But Joel, so, yeah, uh, and, you and, can drive a car when you want. It's going to be like, you'll be like Jay Leno. Um, you're the car that uh, takes you around to work and takes the kids and stuff. There'll be a lot of stuff. And you can, you can have a cute little car that you drive yourself because it's like cute. Kids, back in my day, we used to drive cars. And your kids are like, what the hell are you talking about, Dad? It's like my horse. It's my horse. Exactly. Oh, Although his insurance horse. company may not let him drive his own car at that point. They may be like, sorry, man, there aren't enough people who want to drive for us to indemnify you like, in a, any real serious way. So, well, we have Tesla there. Tesla will save the day when it comes to insuring your yeah. Tesla. We can't, we can't let you do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because, again, you get to this point where you think, we're going to need less cars overall, 
and then the fleet turnover becomes quicker, right? So you've got Tesla making these percentile improvements in, in, in range and in production capacity and battery capacity and, and footprint and autonomy. And at the same time, that's driving down the percentage, overall percentage of cars needed to where like they're, they're like, they're evening out the scales, right? They could be the number, you know, like they could sell the most percentage of cars. They could make enough cars in that particular thought process and model to provide all of the cars and be, I mean, I don't think there's ever going to be just one car company that would probably be insane, but it, it could be close. And if I was, a, if I was Ford and GM, I might not want to be diving too heavily into $50 billion of investment into this either, knowing that FSD is going to, you know, like FSD feels like they've, the toast has been toasted They've put some mayonnaise on it. They've started to put the lettuce together. And they're just like, they've opened the fridge to decide like, do I want turkey or ham? You're taking this thing analogy as far as you can tell. Are we going to have this avocado sandwich thing again that you guys talked about? Avocado sandwich, right, exactly. Uh, you know, like they're just, they're getting there. It, it's Tom, you got me I hungry. Think, again. I think you bring up such a, I think you bring up such a great point there, Joel, at the, at the end. So really awesome. Well, I think we should end this because I'm super tired and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I just want again, to know well, how, let's end it again. I just, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to know what the charge rate was. That's all I wanted to know. Joel and I, <laughs> how fast is it going to charge? How far is it going to go? Yeah. Uh, no. Why are you telling me all these things about you know, what I should really be thinking about, which is how you make this? No, I just want to go. How fast? I don't care of the anus or anode, whatever. <laughs> how fast? How far? How cheap? Yeah. And when can I have it? So that's the <laughs> exciting thing is that we get to talk about that endlessly for the next three years about all of the stuff that they will leak out to us. Uh, that is true. Coming well, soon. Well, uh, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. The pleasure has mostly been yours, of course, because, you know, I've been here talking and (laughs) that's pretty great for you to listen to me. Uh, Joel, fantastic having you. You've been a big supporter of the show for a long time. I know that you and and your Tesla have been a big part of this show off and on for all of this time. And you and Robert have been like going to rockets and stuff. It's it's been, you know, a fun journey. Yeah. And uh, we should get you on more because it turns out you actually know what you're talking about. And that's, <laughs> that's rare on this show. It's actually quite rare. Wait till the <laughs> comments come in first. <laughs> uh, so, uh, actually, before we go, let's do a... Anybody uh, want to do a media, it again. media pick? Anybody it. got a media pick? I'm still sticking with money. Uh, the true story I'm, I'm, of a made-up thing. I'm giving my media pick to Joel because we just did media picks. We just oh. did. We used to do a weekly show, Tom. You're acting like you're Remember so that? out of shape. All right. Uh, okay. Then, then I watched Pen Fifteen on Hulu. I'm not sure why. It's pretty good. Uh, if you if you if you open the title, if you look at the title, I think it says penis. I'm just gonna throw <laughs> oh, that up there. <laughs> Pen Fifteen. If you write it down, it says penis. It's funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the the sixty nine. Point nine percent. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a penis. <laughs> All right, Joel's got anything for us? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Uh, what are you doing? Podcast. I think I'll pick a podcast. Um, Main Engine Cutoff um, is a is a, a podcast about space um, and sort of the business of space. 
and uh, he does a great job. His name's Anthony Colangelo. Yep, Anthony Colangelo. It's a weekly podcast, um, and uh, it just sort of feeds my uh, my hunger for what's happening outside of outside of Earth a little bit. Um, and he just uh, really breaks down sort of the news of the week and also has some great guests um, from the space industry. And uh, uh, I think that's one worth listening to for sure. What's it called again? It's uh, uh, Main Engine Cutoff or Miko. Main Engine Cutoff. Miko, yep. that's a great name for a podcast. That is a great name for a podcast. I have a bunch of books. I've been reading uh, Resilience by Eric Gritens. He's like a ex-Navy SEAL who in this book is writing, it's a compilation of his letters to one of his good friends who I think tried to kill himself because he came back from war and didn't have the same sort of uh, drive and became depressed. And it's, a, it's just a collection of essays and letters that he wrote that are really inspirational and also kind of shake you out of your or my sort of complacency and like, well, you know, there was a time in my life where I thought, wow, I can't go to school and become a doctor. I'm not smart enough. And then I did it. But then you go through these cycles all through your life where you have like self-doubts or you have elations that you can do things. And sometimes, and it's about gauging yourself and having the resilience, the, the fortitude to, to, to make it through hard times. Like if, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency is getting decimated by a president or there are wildfires. And every time you wake up, you look outside and the air quality looks like and there's a pandemic that you can't go out and kind of hang with your friends and podcast in the same room together. And so resilience, it's a it's um, there's a lot. And he's a he's a philosopher. There's a lot of Greek philosophy. He touches on a lot of uh, a lot of history. It's it's a thick, heavy book. But uh, I recommend it. I'm uh, only 38% of the way through it, and I'll have to borrow it again. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. It was a wonderful show. Joel, thanks for coming. Um, thanks for having me. We, we will uh, speak to you all out there in podcast land very soon. Can't wait for the comments about how great I was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It'll be like full self-driving, buddy. You just yeah. keep waiting. Yeah, just keep waiting. <laughs> just keep on waiting. <laughs> just keep on waiting. <laughs>